You are listening to Alter Echo, a scripture and message podcast with pastors Andy Smith and Kim Kylo of St. John's Lutheran Church, ELCA, Lakeville, Minnesota. Thanks for joining us and worshiping with us. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to Alter Echo on this very first weekend of the month of October already. (laughs) Wow, the fall is flying by. And here we are into October in these days uh, that are just beautiful very often here in our neck of the woods in Minnesota. In fact, right now, I'm sitting at my dining room table. I've got the windows open because it's warm enough. There's still that fall coolness in the air, but it's warm enough as the sun is shining to just send a nice breeze through the house. It's still flannel shirt weather. I've got a really good cup of dirty chai latte. <laughs> I'm not sure if you know what that is. It's chai tea in the form of a latte with steamed milk or cream. And then the dirty part is just a shot of espresso. And it's good. Some friends turned me on to this a while ago and I really love it, even though I'm still a just a regular black coffee lover as well. Anyway, here we are. And I hope that this uh, Alter Echo podcast this weekend finds you in a place where you have a deal of hope, a great deal of hope. And in this tumultuous time, you feel grounded and centered in our God. And that's really where our sermon and text is going to be going today, too, that we do have a place to be grounded in, in in the midst of all kinds of possibilities, including chaos and feeling completely unmoored from things that hold you down in good ways, we've got that center from our God who is alive with us and calls us to him, calls us to God. So let's go to our scripture passage this week. It's a short one. It's two mini parables from Luke 17. It's verses 5 through 10. So go ahead and even pause this if you need to run and get your Bible. And then we'll pick it up here at verse 5 of Luke 17, and it's under the heading in my Lutheran study Bible that just says, Some Sayings of Jesus. (laughs) That's exactly what these are, but you'll recognize them. The apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. The Lord replied, If you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to the mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Who among you would say to your slave who has just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field, come here at once and take your place at the table. Would you not rather say to him, prepare supper for me, put on your apron and serve me while I eat and drink. Later you may eat and drink. Do you thank the slave for doing what was commanded? So you also, when you've done all that, you were ordered to do You say, we are worthless slaves. We have done only what we ought to have done. Dear friends, this is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, let's start with prayer today. Let's let's go to prayer and ask for God's blessing and presence. Holy and gracious God, the giver of everything to us, our lives, our faith, our love, our trust in you. Draw us close to you now as we come in this time of reflection. Help us find a peace that even passes our understanding, that settles in our hearts. Help us know how deeply we are loved by you as our God and we, your children and servants. And help us to be grateful, Lord, that we get to have this relationship 
with you, the God of the universe, the God of our lives, the God of all mercy and goodness and salvation. We thank you, and here we are in your presence with open hearts ready to learn and grow again. We pray this in your name, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Well, I want to just say one little word about the second part of the of this passage. It's verses 7 through 10. It's this, in a way, kind of an odd um, story about the master and servants. And I'm just going to say this. I, I really do think, along with all biblical scholars, I think that this is just Jesus' way of saying, know your place. We have a master. This is God. We are God's children and God's servants. We're called to be servants, and it's one of the most core understandings of who disciples are supposed to be. They are supposed to be servants in the world. Jesus said, I came not to be served, but to serve, and that was the model for us. So servants know their place. But when the phrase, we are worthless slaves, comes up, it simply means we realize who we are. We can't control the universe. God can, though. And we've got a God who we serve, who can do that. And so we know our place. We are here to serve God and love God and serve each other and love each other. And God the Master still provides for us. So there's a bit on verses 7 through 10. I really want to focus on the little mustard seed because we know it so well. And I simply want to say this today. First of all, we are in our series here at St. John's called Whatever You Do, Do It All for the Glory of God. And then the sub-series, what we've been focusing on in these sermons lately, is Making Your Life Count. And today, the theme is Making Your Faith Count. I want to get to that, but just a couple of minutes on what faith is. What is faith? It's trust. The Bible is very clear about saying that faith is trust. We put our trust in God. But even more important than that is that faith is a gift. And I think once we realize this again, once we start to to get our hands around it and our mind around it a little bit, the fact that faith is a gift to us is one of the best bits of news we could possibly hope for. We do not drum up faith from within ourselves. It does not come from within ourselves, and it is not dependent on our abilities. And my heavens, this is good news. It's a gift from God. God pours it out all the time. God gives us enough faith for every moment and every day. It's like the manna that fell from the heavens. There was enough there for everybody to take care of everybody. The gift of faith is so encompassing that it changes our perspective completely. And here's, I think, what I want to say most. Faith is like a mega holy optic nerve. Our optic nerve lets us see the world around us. Faith is a vision of the world. It's a perspective. And it's like the optic nerve of our soul. It helps us see a world in which we live with God in which God lives with us as his created children and family, all people. Faith sees that, and faith sees then everything about God as well. And once it's in our vision and in our minds and in our souls, we can't unsee it. And that's the beauty of faith. The gift keeps being given 
of us and God living in the world together, of us and God moving through life together, of us with God in every moment, good and bad and chaotic and wonderful. The, the gift of faith gives us this vision of knowing that God is the God of the universe, that God is the most merciful thing we can imagine in our lives, and that with God, all is ultimately hopeful. All is ultimately grace-filled. All is ultimately woven through with love. So sometimes I've said that I think knowing the opposites or seeing the opposites of things really helps us understand what we're, what we're trying to get our hands around. What's the opposite of faith? I don't think it's a doubt because we are able to doubt in our faith. We're, we're able to ask questions and wonder about things. I think the opposite of faith is pre-faith. <laughs> you know, it would be seeing the world and not having any sense that there's a God in the world. It would be seeing the world and having a sense that we're essentially alone in the world, that there isn't somebody who has our, our best interests in mind and who loves us as children. So I think the opposite of faith is pre-faith. It's not having a vision that includes God. So faith is powerful because it, it invades us. It takes over our perspective, and we can't unsee that. So in the most chaotic times, in the times when you feel most in need, this story of the mustard seed, this tiny little mustard seed, is so good. Jesus says to his disciples there, even if you have faith the size of a tiny little, almost microscopic mustard seed, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough because it still sees. Even that little amount of faith, when you feel like you're just hanging by a thread of faith, or you're white-knuckling it through your days, and you're just waiting for something to happen that, that lets you breathe, and that gives you a measure of peace that you don't have right now, and, and you're worried and anxious about things, and you're waiting for the dust to settle, even still you have faith. You are aware of God. It's been given to you from the moment you were awakened to it. And even the smallest little amount of faith that cries out to God, God, help me, or God, increase my faith, is enough. It's enough to keep you in the vision of knowing that God is for you. And God knows you so deeply and wonderfully. And that God cares about you in personal ways. And that God will even go to the ends of the earth to find you if you feel you are lost. See, this is what faith is. This is what faith is all about. So even the smallest little mustard seed-sized bit of faith in us can still grow into big hope, big comfort, big assurance, big anticipation. So here's what I want to ask you today. This uh, series that we're um, participating in this fall that Pastor Kim and I have put together is called Making Your Life Count, and today is Making Your Faith Count. And I want to know, how are you making this faith that you have of God, you know, this awareness of God, how are you making it counting the world in your life, in the lives of the people around you, your family? This is what it's all about. Because if faith is ultimately hopeful, 
If faith is ultimately assuring, if faith is ultimately confidence-building for people, why wouldn't we share it with enthusiasm? So maybe the best way to get at this is to ask this. When you were growing up in your family, what was something that you talked about on a regular basis that you just really became good at knowing about. You know, you became a little mini expert at things because you talked about it. You talked about it at the supper table often. Your parents talked about it, you know, things like that. And I'm thinking about things like maybe sports. I know we talked about sports in my family quite a bit and watched sports and I came to love it. You know, I became a little mini expert on a lot of things. <clears throat> it became a wonderful thing and I could talk to anybody about sports. Or maybe it was music for you. Or maybe it was world issues. Maybe it was hunting and fishing. Maybe it was friendships, you know, what it's like to have friends and who are your friends and, and all that. Now, my question is, can we do this with faith? Can we talk enthusiastically and, and often on a regular basis around our kitchen tables with our kids or grandkids or moms and dads? and become mini experts on what it means to put our tr trust and faith in God. Can we do that? Of course we can. It's easy to do that. Sometimes it's just a matter of seeking a little permission, you know, to do this. Because it's not awkward and shouldn't be. It should be a wonderful thing. So here's what's going to go up on the wall at church on Sunday. And I'm just going to throw these out to you. And let them be little seeds that get planted, almost like a mustard seed, <laughs> for you around your kitchen table or in your homes or with your relatives and friends so that your faith can really count in this world to bring hope and joy and enthusiasm and assurance to people. So just a few faith questions for you. What's your favorite thing about church? You know, if you ask that around the kitchen table, how would everybody answer that? What's your favorite thing about church? It might be coffee and donuts. That's fine. <laughs> That's a good thing. Or this one. What's your favorite thing about God, Jesus, or the Holy Spirit, or the, you know, the Holy Trinity? That one might take a little more thought, but I can think of a lot of answers that could come to mind if we think about God through Jesus, that he loved people, he accepted them, he opened his arms and welcomed them. Hmm. Or, what is your favorite memory from childhood about anything related to church? Hmm, there are all kinds of things. All you have to do is stop and think about it for a second. But cue up this question with people around the table and see what comes out. What's your favorite memory from childhood about anything related to church? Or, who is or are your best friends at church and why? I bet everybody could answer that one. Not that maybe even our best, best friends come from church. Maybe they do. But I know we have people we look forward to seeing when we go to church, no matter who you are. Or how about, these are the three things I look forward to most about being at church. <laughs> and maybe that is donuts, coffee, and singing songs or hymns in that order. That's great. If that's what you find joyful at church, wonderful. Or Two more here. Describe how it feels when you feel close to God. What does that feel like for you? And then finally, my favorite question, because I wrote it, I secretly really want to do blank at church, but am so afraid to do it. <laughs> is it singing in the choir? Is it getting up to read a lesson? Who knows what it is? Is it going by the baptismal font and 
putting your finger in it, making the sign of the cross on your forehead, whatever it is. My point here, folks, is that faith is a gift from God. We've got it in us. Any amount is enough for us to look to God for everything we need, for everything we hope for, for everything that brings us life. And that faith is in you. And when you use it and share it and talk about it and celebrate it, it has an impact. It counts on people and on this world. And we need as much of it as we possibly can get out there. So thank you for today. I love our time together. God bless you and keep you. God make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. God look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And now God's word is alive in us again anew. And we get the blessing of being called to let it echo through us out into the world in which we live. Everyone, If you wish to give your offering now to support things like this podcast and the work and ministry of St. John's Church in Lakeville, Minnesota, I invite you to do that. Please go to our website at sjlcl.org. I'll repeat it, sjlcl.org. And up in the right-hand corner, you'll see a little button named Donate. Hit that button And you can give your offering to God and for the work of God in the world through this church in Lakeville, Minnesota. Thank you in advance for the gifts and the offerings that you give. And now as we go on our way, we are sent with the blessing of peace, the benediction. Dear friends, may the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face and the rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, till we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. God loves you, everyone. God be with you until next week.